0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is Episode 3 of the Dressage Radio Show, presented by Equestrian Life on the Horse Radio Network. Exclusive coverage of the world of dressage. We would like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Life at equestrianlife.com and Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky.
2: And I'm Heather Blitz in Esbjerg, Denmark. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show presented by Equestrian Life.
1: Well, Heather, what's on the show for us this week?
2: Well, we've got two guests um, joining us today. And uh, we'll hear first from Klartje van Andel, who is from Dressage Direct, giving us some news of what's happening in Europe these days. And then we're going to hear from Lyndon Gray, who is the chair of the Dressage Foundation in the United States.
1: And now for the news of the week. And the first item of news this week is comes from the United States Dressage Federation. They've announced that Dutchman Henk van Bergen has agreed to be the featured presenter at the 2010 Succeed usdf fei level trainers conference presented by smart pack which will be held january 18th to the 19th in Lockahatchie, florida each year the usdf offers a trainers conference to those individuals who meet the attendee criteria to learn training techniques and study with a world-class dressage trainer then he oh, certainly is isn't he heather
2: he is, and I, I haven't had the pleasure of uh, attending one of his clinics or seminars yet, but I'd love to. I've really heard great things about him. That he's very down to earth, very caring about the horses. You um, know, really straightforward, keeps things simple, and that he's just a really good guy. So, um, you know, if I have any chance at all, I'm going to try to get there. And um, you know, I hope they have a lot of attendees. And um, I think it's great they're having him.
1: Well, certainly something to look forward to in in January in Florida. And, of course, coming up in just a couple of weeks here in Gladstone is the 2009 USEF um, Dressage Festival of Champions. And uh, the ranking list for that, for the Collecting Gates Farm USEF Dressage Festival Championships, which takes place June 17th to the 21st for the top dressage, horse and rider combinations, is now final. And you can find the list and who rose to the top of that list in the nation for the following divisions of Grand Prix, Intermediaire, Bretina Cup, yeah, and the young riders on our website. And Heather, I know you've you've competed there. It's a it's a, a favourite for dressage riders, isn't it, Gladstone?
2: It is yes it, it's just such an opportunity, and um you know there's such history there, and you know, just to be able to go uh, upstairs in the lounge of the facility and look at the wall of all the pictures and and the people and the history that's been uh, that's happened there is really quite a treat, and it's just um it's such a wonderful experience so and and also for the people coming to watch and um, there's going to be i'm sure a great competition it's i think it's the top 15 it used to be 12 but i think it's 15 mm-hmm. now um of all the grand prix in the u.s and you're going to get the riders from the west coast middle of the country the east coast all over the best grand prix in the country and um if you have any chance to get up there it, it is really a, a super experience and such a such a treat
1: and we'll be bringing news of of that event of that show and of, of course um, our own. Um, Reese um, Koffler, she's going to be competing there. So we're looking forward to following Reese. She'll, well, she'll be back on the show in a few weeks' time and uh, give us her roundup of uh, her journey to, to Gladstone. And uh, we wish her well. Um, and now, um, a piece of news out of Canada, Heather. Ashley Holzer, of course, the 45 year old Canadian rider who's very well known here in the States and has competed in three Olympic Games, expects to become a US citizen in the next few months. Um, however, she says that she has no plans to change her status and compete for the U.S. for the time being, at least. Um, Ashley, um, who, is, as I say, is known to many um, as <clears throat> partner of um, a very successful 12-year-old Dutch warm-blood gelding pop art. Uh, she was actually born up in Toronto, but she lives uh, in New York City with her husband, Rusty, and their two children. They co-founded the um, Riverdale Equestrian Centre up there in the Bronx some 15 years ago. So Heather is... Uh, uh, Sorry, Ashley has been based uh, up there for quite a while. So that's an interesting shift for Ashley.
2: That is. So does this mean she says she's not planning to change her status? Chris, does that mean that she's going to still ride for Canada? Or do all the U.S. riders have to worry now that they have another competitor to, <laughs> <laughs> to rise get up above to get on the team?
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you have to wonder, don't you? I mean, there's a lot of this happening. I know it's also happening in the eventing world, too, how people are changing their citizenship. Uh, you know, with the chance of riding for you know their adopted country, um, so maybe maybe you know keeps you riders on on your toes. You knowing that you know we're not just looking at homes, home home uh, homegrown produce here; that we, we could we could take some imports as well that would compete for a team place.
2: Well, we'd love to have Ashley. She's a fantastic rider and always puts in a great test, and she's always always be proud of riding like that.
1: Well, that's that's the news from this side of the pond, but we're going to be joined now by Klaartje van Andel of Dressage Direct who's going to bring us up to date with what happened in Europe, it was a very busy weekend over there with the Dutch National Championships and other major competitions, Heather so let's get um, Klaartje to join us on the show here Hello Klaartje van Andel, it's good to here. Hi. <laughs> and I have Heather Blitz on the line with me too and you're on the Dressage Radio Show, Klaartje thank you for joining us Okay,
3: thank you for inviting us
1: uh, well, we we just introduced you because we knew that you've had a really busy weekend and uh, lots of news coming out of uh, Europe this weekend, cheer with the Dutch National Championships. Tell us what happened.
3: Yeah, it it was really incredible what happened. Um, those that were in Aachen last year and in Rotterdam last year, they might have seen uh, an impressive black stallion called Morland Stotilas with Edward Galles. But he was doing intermediate and pre saint George. But those that were there, they might have seen him yet. Um, He is nine years old now. So this year he was in the age of going Grand Prix. And um, there was really an incredible thing happening at the Outdoor-Gelderland horse show, the Dutch championships. He um, bet every horse and not with... Uh, with a tiny little bit but um, with uh, incredible movements incredible Piaf Passage and the most incredible of this horse and this combination uh, with Edward Hall was his relaxation he does the most difficult things and immediately after it he is totally relaxed and at ease and you cannot see that he had trouble in doing it or got tensed uh, about doing this. And this for an only nine-year-old horse. So it was incredible.
1: Uh, and t- so um, tell us who, who um, were at the top of the leaderboard at the at the, at the Grand Prix and the freestyle, Claudia.
3: Yeah. Edward Gaal and Morland uh they won all classes. They won Grand Prix. They won Grand Prix Special. And they won the freestyle. And anki van Grunzen, our Olympic champion the the double gold winner of uh, Athens and Hong Kong, um, she was not too too good in uh, in show condition. She did only one show after Hong Kong, and that was the indoor Brabant horse show. So this was only her second show, and you could uh, spur that. So she was very angry with herself for even making a mistake in the Grand Prix, and she became third in the Grand Prix. And um, apart from Edward Hall showing his remarkable, incredible horse, uh, Imke Schellekens-Bartels, who was in Hong Kong in the Dutch team as well, um, showed uh, a wonderful improvement. She um, had really bad luck in Hong Kong because her horse uh, um, fell out of competition after Grand Prix uh, because he he was um, lame. And she had a long time um, before she could bring back her horse. And now we saw another, uh, almost a, a, a miracle happening um, this weekend at the outdoor Gelderland Horse Show, because she showed um, the horse that made very much impression at the European Championships two years ago. Um but never had been that brilliant again. He did won two individual bronze medals at the European Championships. Um, but what has happened, I don't know, but she thought herself that her horse finally has uh, his, uh, the mare, has, uh, has her old strength back, and she became second in Grand Prix, and she became second in Grand Prix Special, and third in Freestyle, and in the end, she had a third position in the championship. So this was an o- uh, another remarkable comeback for Inke Schelkens Bartels, the daughter of uh, six times Olympian Tieneke Bartels of the Netherlands. Uh, who showed remarkable improvements with her mare. And Enke van Grunsen, yes, she felt a bit sad about not being um, totally uh, ready for the for this championship. But on the other hand, she said, of course, people ask her, will this be the end of the Van Grunzen era now? And probably the end of the Isabel Wirth era as well, because we have seen now this incredible horse, Morland Totilas from Edward Kahl. But Enki said, of course, this will not be the end of the Van Grunzen era. My goal, my aim is the European Championship. This is only the first show um, that, I, that, that I've done outside uh, the same after Hong Kong Olympic Games. So I will work my way up to hope, hopefully a very good score at the Europeans. And uh, if there's one thing I can say, Enki said, that is that the Dutch will have a very strong team at the European Championship and that will be the best news of the Dutch Championships for me.
1: That's interesting. So who would you be your prediction then, Klartje, uh, for the team for the European Championship?
3: Well, I think um, um, uh, at the moment, Edward Gaal doesn't want to allow himself to say, uh, well, I will be in the team because the horse is only nine years old. And he say, I take one day in a day. Um, let's do the Rotterdam Horse Show, the International horse, international horse show next week. Then we will uh, see what a horse will do at the international horse show. He will be for the international judges that will be judging the Europeans as well. So that will be uh, a very good test as well for the horse, for the judges, uh, uh, for, for for the Dutch to decide who will be in the team. So Edward Ghal leaves everything um, unspoken. He doesn't want to feel feel any pressure. He said, I've been, uh, I've had a very good horse before. Um, uh, everybody in America will remember him. It's Ling, of course, uh, the stallion that's from Karen Orfield, owned by Karen Orfield now. So he has had a very good horse before. And he has had a very big disappointment before as well. Because he did win the Dutch Championship in 2004. And then he had to refrain from the Olympic Games in Athens because his horse was lame. So he said, I don't want to make myself crazy or feel pressure. I take one competition in a day, one day in a day, and uh, let's see what happens in Rotterdam. And then he thinks he will do, probably the Hickstead World Dress Masters at the end of July, and he'll see what comes from it. So no predictions about this great horse. Anki van Brunsen and Olympic uh, and her, her Olympic mount IPS Salinero will definitely be in the team. I think Imke Schlegl Bartels have made her way has has made her way back with her mare Hunter Douglas Sunrise to be um, in the team again. And then we have a new rider also that made impression in Germany the last month in Munich where Isabel Weert did win everything um, mounting Sachmo. The writer is called um, Sander Marijnissen. Uh, he's uh, already 38 years. He's not that known already, but uh, he did make a lot of impression in Germany. He did win uh, some big shows there and he did win the Grand Prix Special at the World Masters in Munich. So. He will be in the Dutch national team for the Rotterdam Horse Show. It's a CDIO, so there will be a Nations Cup. He will be in the team as well. So I think our coach, Chef Janssen, the husband of Enkie van Krunzen and the Dutch coach, he will uh, like to see what the judges think of him. Wow,
2: Klautje, it sounds like the Dutch team is going to be stronger than ever.
3: Um, I think... Um, uh, all the Dutch have the feeling that the, that the Dutch team will be stronger as ever. But we have been thinking this before. Uh, Athens is an example, and then one one of the favourites of the team uh, got lame. And um, you can never praise the day before the day's there.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. As you say, Heather, I think it's going to be a pretty strong contingent there from from Holland again, and. It'll be very interesting because there's always that rivalry between Germany and Holland, isn't there?
3: Yeah, there's there's still always a rivalry uh, between Germany and Holland. I think uh, the the ones that followed dressage for the last years, um, they probably can notice that the Dutch have sometimes new combinations coming up, like last winter, Adeline de Cornelissen, with her beautiful gelding um, a side by Jess, who made uh, who um, the stallion that makes a lot of uh, great dressless horses. Parsifal, that horse Parsifal and Adeline Cornelis did Cornelis did win three World Cup qualifiers in Europe. Um, you all know what happened in Las Vegas. She went out because the horse got lame. So the Dutch thought we might uh, be very um, um, for Isabel Weert, we have Adeline Cornelissen now as well. We have Enki who will be uh, who, who will be riding on IPS painted black and of course there is Stefan Peters but we have a very strong pair too. But then the very strong pair uh, the horse got lame and uh, there was no there there was no competition for Adeline Cornelissen. It was a, a a wonderful World Cup final but no competition for the European pair that won three qualifiers here in Europe. So um, the, the 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 Dutch think they will have a strong team, but um, any horse still has to stay sound.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, it's very exciting, and, and I'm sure uh, everybody in Holland is really geared up now for the for now you've got the dutch national championships behind you the next big competition of course is the european championships for you i know you have arkin in between that but um, that'll be yeah. the big international competition that uh, everybody will be vying for so yeah. we want to thank you clarchy for joining us today and uh, we would certainly be getting back to you with more results from europe as the season unfolds thank you so much Well, a big thanks to Clartia. That was a great report from from her, Heather. Um, She certainly knows the sport uh, of dressage in Europe.
2: Well, she sure does. That was a, a, very, a very good earful of um, what happened over there in Holland last week and super to hear from her and, you know, just uh, someone who was right there in the action and giving it all to us right here on our show.
1: Yeah, well, so it, we we're only into our third episode, uh, Heather, but I think uh, we've already proved that we can, we can deliver the goods here with news from around the world. I
2: think we can.
1: <laughs> uh, well, um, on to our next segment, uh, which we're looking forward to. We're really getting to know Paragon, your, your um, partner Paragon. And uh, uh, this is a, a special segment of, of, his, of his own every, every episode called Paragon's Diary. So tell us what's been happening with him this past week.
2: Well, Paragon is um, continuing to go through um, many learning uh, kind of evolutionary changes (laughs) in his training and um, some really great ones this week. You know, he was just born and put on this planet to be a horse that can extend in the walk, trot, and the canter, and he just loves to do that. But he can also shorten his steps pretty well, and um, he understands that... Well enough, but this week and a little bit um, at the end of last week as well, he's starting to put together how to keep the impulsion that he has in his big strides um, into the steps, and his small steps, and that makes a huge difference in his collection, and it also gives him a lot more confidence about what's supposed to be happening when he makes his little tiny steps. I mean, he's 180 centimeters, uh, nearly. That's... Um, 17.3 or so hands. So, and he's got the gates to match his size, and they're huge. He loves to go forward, but to make the small steps, he does them. But you know, it's um, this week has been when he has learned how to keep the, the same power that he has from the extensions in the collection. And I mean, to me, it's really exciting. And I think to him, it's almost equally as exciting and just confidence building. And he is really proud of himself. So he's been getting a bag of carrots afterwards and he's been getting an extra massage and he's been having his massage blanket on for another whole treatment. And he's just been, um, you know, he's he's treated like the king that he, that he yeah. thinks that he is that right now. I was going so. to say,
1: it sounds like the king of the barn, doesn't he? And we should remind our listeners, uh, Heather, he's just six years old, right?
2: He is, yes. And I and, think and he's coming along quite quickly in his training so much that you know I, I keep a lot of concern about you know a lot of slowing the training down because he'd like to just learn it all really fast and I, and I just try to keep it at a reasonable pace so he doesn't overdo himself he'd like to do more than what he's physically strong enough for he's always been that way Um, But, you know, now the the strength in his hind end and in his back and in his abdominal muscles and his chest, everything, the strength is really starting to come. And he's just six, but, you know, he he wants to do, he he does do a little bit of everything that I'm going to need for the Grand Prix. And I just have to tell him to wait and do it on my terms, which is a (laughs) training issue in itself. It's a good training (laughs) issue to have because he wants to do everything. And I just have to say, well, let's slow down and do it one step at a time. But it's really been fantastic this week, and um, I know at last show I did promise some new video footage up on my website, and I didn't do it because I had a little trouble getting some people to man the camera for me, but um, (laughs) I think it really is due time, especially after this week, to show the the huge difference in his collection, both in the canter and in the, um, the really short steps, the sort of working piaf and his passage, and Um, the huge difference and I'm just really on cloud nine today after this ride and and little bit the problem with having a ride like this i mean today was a new personal best for him and me it's a new 10 out of 10 for us and you know maybe once a month we get the next personal best but today was our most recent personal best so tomorrow's a little bit tough you know i get on him tomorrow and and i know you don't have to have that same kind of level of success every day and and usually the day right after one is a little challenging to not try to just grab that again So I just have to think about what I'm going to do tomorrow. And that's not to expect the same thing, but just take what what I can get tomorrow and not just hope for that same amazing feeling that he gave me today. But that's that's what he's been up to for this week.
1: Well, that's very exciting, Heather. You know, he must give you an amazing feeling of impulsion and pr- propulsion. I've seen some of those videos, and we'll look forward to some more uh, when you get uh, a chance to put them onto your website. That's heatherblitz.info, right?
2: Yes, and um, he has a page of his own. called uh, it's, uh, it's just called Paragon, and I also have a new video page on my website too, so all of my videos will start to be collected on that one page, so you can pick and choose.
1: Terrific. Well, thanks so much, Heather. We look forward to um, following Paragon's progress in the weeks ahead. Great. And we're going to take a short commercial break now for Equestrian Life.
0: It is fantastic to have our friends at Equestrian Life as the title sponsors for the Dressage Radio Show. If you've not been to Equestrian Life yet, you need to go. In addition to being the official social community of the Horse Radio Network, it is one of the fastest growing horse communities on the internet. It is truly the Facebook for horse people. Keep track of your friends and their horses, the shows they were at and how they did, all with Equestrian Life's easy-to-use interface. This community is designed by horse people for horse people and is filled with educational and entertaining video and audio all about our horses. Ride on over to Equestrian Life today, sign up for free, and tell all of your friends. If you love horses, Equestrian Life is the place to be. EquestrianLife.com
1: Well, our thanks to our new partners here on, on the Dressage Radio Show, Equestrian Life.
2: Yep, thanks to them. And next, we're going to hear from our guest, the next guest of the show, Lyndon Gray, and she is the, um, uh, the chair of the Dressage Foundation, and we're going to hear from her.
1: Well, we want to welcome Lyndon Gray to the show. Lyndon, thank you so much for joining us today.
4: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, we know that you're very involved with the Dressage Foundation. A lot of people know your background. Tell us how that uh, foundation came about, Lendon.
4: Well, we're actually celebrating our 20th anniversary this year, and it started out uh, with Lowell Boomer uh, behind it as a means to raise money, particularly for fun, for activities, for activities, um, Uh, the U.S. Dressage Federation, and so it was really the fundraising arm cousin of the Dressage Foundation, and we continue to do that. We continue to try to raise funds for their programs, also some programs for the U.S. Equestrian Federation, but we also now have a lot of funds that are purely within the Dressage Foundations and for activities that we oversee.
1: So who 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 all is on on the board and 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 how how is it structured, London?
4: Uh, well, there's an office in Lincoln, Nebraska, which uh, currently is overseen by Lowell Boomer's son John and his wife Lynn. Um, and uh, we're gradually changing over as I take over more, and we have new office staff as they uh, retire. We have a wonderful board of directors. Um, jonathan burton general burton is our chairman uh the vice chairman is michael Poulin. Uh, the board also includes for example Maryelle barnett um uh sorry uh kanaki uh captain fritz john fritz um who are well known i think to everybody plus people who have uh, more specialized um, knowledge and ability Judy Noon and Vivian Bobo from up here, Mike Matson, who's very active in, in freestyle, um, uh, Joe Carr, Barbara Cadwell, Clay Teske, and I think the last one is Ralph Dreitzler from Washington State. That's our current board, uh, and that will be expanded now that I'm on board.
2: So, Lendon, are the members of the board, are they um, volunteering? Is it a, are, they, are they elected positions? Are they um, – do they hold volunteers. that office? They're all volunteers.
4: Absolutely, yes. And they, they give us a lot of time and a lot of energy and a tremendous
2: amount of knowledge. That's fantastic.
1: So how do you, you – know, I know you have scholarships, Lendon. How do you structure those? How do they come about? And, and how do you raise the money that, uh, for those scholarships?
4: Well, they come about in different ways. In some cases, uh, they, they, a person comes to us and says, I would like to try to develop this program. Uh, for example, uh, Anne Barlow Ramsey, who is a breeder and has been a supporter of dressage for a long while, uh, developed a grant for an American-bred horse to train in Europe. This is her particular interest. She has funded it. She helped to oversee it, and we were able to give the first grant this year uh, to James Colford uh, for his horse. Carol Lavelle has done a similar thing to help support a rider, an advanced rider, or a rider you know coming close to the international level, and just you know, as she knew so well how expensive that was, and she struggled so hard when she was developing. Gifted, and this is her effort to help a person every year um, uh, on their road to hopefully international competition. And that was that was given this year to Jan Bronze. We have programs that were done in honor of someone. For example, the Edgar Hotz Fund for uh, uh, developing judges, and this was was a, a fund that was created after his death to help. Uh, judges, I mean he was one of our top judges and was so interested in judge education so and then we have programs where that we fund from our sort of general fund where we try to raise money uh, in general to be passed out to different programs that we do and i 've mentioned sort of the the high level international level programs, but we have some wonderful funds for adult amateurs, we do a lot for youth, for uh, dressage instructors starting out. So it covers, we try to cover the whole spectrum and are gradually branching out even more from there.
2: So, Linden, if we have listeners that are interested in um, contributing and they want to um, do a small amount to a large amount, are they able to distinguish which program their money goes toward?
4: Yes, they can either... Uh, just give us a general donation, which will help with our uh, just ma- maintenance of all of our all of our activities, or they can donate to a specific fund. We also have, for example, what's called the Book of Memory, which is um, you know to donate often a small amount in honor in memory of um, people that you knew, versage enthusiasts, and also in memory of our equines perhaps when they pass on. So um, uh, we, can, we can take donations in many different ways, including by, via PayPal through our
2: website. Very convenient. Yes, try to be.
1: <laughs> How many different um, scholarship funds and programs do you have in total, London?
4: Uh, you caught me a little off guard there, but I think there's 12 specific ones. But we have some, for example, there's a Michael Poulin Fund, which is there. This was people that were friends of Michael's that have created a fund that isn't that specific. And when something comes up that someone, an individual or an activity that's sort of special and different that needs a little help, it's a, it's available for that. So it it's not necessarily, um, you know, an absolute. We have we have, for example, the the gifted fund, which is given we have uh, given to adult amateurs to our goal is it enables an adult amateur to take a week off of their life and get from their job and get away from their family and go somewhere and just totally focus on horses for a week that's very specific and that's you know we offer it to one adult amateur in every usdf region every year so you know that's that's a very specific fund but there are others that are at more as needed. Be creative and ask us for some help and maybe we can help you.
2: So people that might be wondering if they would qualify for some of these funds should just mm-hmm. go to your website or, or contact one of you um, that's heading up the particular fund.
4: Yeah, the website, uh, which is dressagefoundation.org uh, I think it's, it's very clear and you go to uh, click on Funds and Programs, and it's, it's specific help for young riders, help for dressage judges, help for educational clinics and seminars. You know, it's, you can go quite quickly to what might be suitable for yourself. And uh, all of the information and all of the applications are on the website, but they can also t- absolutely contact any of us uh, that work for the Dressage Foundation.
1: Now do you get involved at all with training materials, Linden?
4: Uh, we've done very little in that area to date, but that is something that, that right now we are working very hard on um, um, to excuse me, try to um, develop some very specific educational uh, materials either published or on the web, we're, we're looking into it. We're doing the research. Nothing that's specific as of yet or publishable as of yet.
1: And, and so if, if uh, people want to um, uh, benefit from these scholarships and training funds, how do they go about that?
4: Well, they go to the website, find the funds that might be of interest to them, and right from all of that, from the website, you click on the fund you're interested in, it will have uh, more links that will take you right to the application, give you the information of of what's required, when the applications have to be in, et cetera. I think it's all very, very clear there on the website.
1: Wonderful. Well, we'll make sure that we have a link on our website at dressageradio.com so people can, uh, can follow that link to yours and, and find out more about the wonderful work that you do there with the Dressage Foundation. London, thank you so much for joining us today and, and answering these questions. And I'm sure as we go on down the road here with the Dressage Radio Show, we'll have you back on to talk more um, because you're so involved with the sport. But We appreciate you spending the time with us today. Well, that was great, Heather, to hear from London. She's so experienced in the sport, and and you just knows just about everything and everybody. And what better person to be in that position?
2: Yeah, and what a great thing that the Dressage Federation, um, or sorry, the Dressage Foundation, is doing for you know that the the riders in need who really have a lot of skill and talent and just need an extra help and, and you know finance. Is such a huge part of the sport, and it's great that they're out there, you know, doing what they're doing.
1: It absolutely is. Well, thank you to them. And now we're coming to our next uh, segment on the show, which is going to be a, a weekly show, and it's Heather's training tip of the week.
2: Yeah, so in this uh, this episode, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the phrase that so many of us hear in our lessons and in, in books and magazines and so what, so forth, um, is that the phrase in front of the leg when a horse needs to be in front of the leg like what exactly does that mean and how can you um tell if your horse is or isn't and um some of the ways that i like to talk about it or i can describe it is um First of all, the amount of time that passes between when you put your leg on your horse and your horse actually responding and going forward from it is a big factor in whether or not he's really going to be in front of the leg. If you add some leg aid, a little um, aid from your lower leg, and it takes five seconds for your horse to do something, there's a little question if he's really in front of you or not. Um, And also the amount of leg that it took for you to ask him for what you wanted uh the harder it is the more the more hard the squeeze or the kick is the less the horse is in front of the leg and maybe those are obvious things and maybe they're maybe they're not but it's two kind of ways that sort of general and simple ways you can think about how you might say is your horse in front of the leg or not it's kind of one of those phrases that if you ask 10 people you might get 10 different prescriptions so it can be one of those that you might hear it in your lesson you might take it home and do the right thing or not but um, another tricky thing about horses that need to be forward or in front of the leg is some horses, and Paragon, my six-year-old, that uh, we just talked about in the diary, um, is really naturally forward and he's got big gates and he really loves to go, but that doesn't necessarily mean always that it was him going because he's responding to a, a leg aid that i may have given him so a lot of naturally forward horses horses that are just always on always going are often not educated actually to the rider's leg and you know i I suggest a lot of kind of go stop transitions so that you can go from a point where the horse is either at halt or at a speed in the trot where you know that they're not accelerating on their own and then you can pick a clear moment when you feel it's sort of the the right time to say okay now i'm going to add my leg and see if the horse does respond to it how quickly how much leg did it take i mean ideally it takes just a very small touch of the leg and your horse instantly says yes ma'am and they end up going with more power or energy or you know faster whichever the thing is that you wanted so um you know as long as you uh, are clear why your horse is going forward, are they just doing it because they decided to and they like to go and they decided to, and you're just going with them and saying, great, we're forward. Or is your horse really educated to do forward because he's on the aids and you asked him to do it. So it's a, it's a distinction that I think is pretty important because you know, forward is great if it's asked for just as much as, you know, stopping is great if you ask for it and left and right. So um, many times It can be a little misunderstood, but that's just sort of my um, longer description of what you might think of when you hear the phrase in front of the lake.
1: Okay, well, thanks so much for that, Heather. Another very useful training tip of the week. And now we're going to go to another commercial break um, for our sponsors, Kentucky
0: Performance Products. Not every horse needs a supplement, and selecting the right supplement for your dressage horse can be a science. Kentucky Performance Products simplifies your search. You can trust Kentucky Performance Products to give you the most value for your money, and they offer supplements designed to target specific problems and are made with the highest quality ingredients included at effective levels. Kentucky Performance Products supplements are intended to complement, not compete with your horse's current feeding program, guarding against over Another highlight product for this month is Indoor Extra. It's a high fat, low carb energy source recommended by veterinarians and leading horsemen everywhere. It maintains optimal energy levels in your hard working dressage horses and increases weight gain in your poor doers. More than just a fat supplement, Indoor Extra also provides other benefits, such as much needed mineral vitamin E and gut conditioners. Natural vitamin E is readily absorbed, it protects muscles and increases immunity levels. Endura Extra's gut conditioners stimulate the appetite and maintain a healthy digestive tract. The cool calories produced by Indoor Extra's proprietary blend of fats keeps horses calm and focused as they work. Best of all, you can feed as little as 8 ounces per day. That's Indoor Extra. Learn all about Indoor Extra and all of the products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
2: So we'd just like to thank again Kentucky Performance Products for um, their support in our show. And next we're going to um, go to listeners' emails.
1: And you have a fun uh, – we have a fun one uh, this week, uh, Heather, one directed at you. It's Fondra who Great. writes to us and she says, hey, guys, I am so happy that you're doing a dressage show. I am an inventor, and I really like the dressage phase. Now, that's an unusual turn for you, right? Yeah, now, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> you don't normally hear those two things in the same sentence. <laughs> I really don't. I really like learning about the dressage world, says Sandra, and I'm very happy that I now have a place to learn all about dressage from the experts. I do have a training question for Heather and and she says i do 20 meter circles in my dressage tests but seems that i can't get a very good circle out of my horse any any tips to help her bend better heather
2: Well, yeah, so reading this, I don't have a whole lot of information as far as why the horse isn't bending well, and, uh, you know, I go going through, you know, different scenarios of why horses do or don't bend well, and it can be a little bit endless, (laughs) some of the reasons. So um, I can just kind of throw out some of the ones that I might see um, more normally, and Um, if you listened to the show last week my training tip was about bending and turning being separate tools and things that you think about separately and that could possibly be happening that um, when xandra is riding her 20 meter circles maybe she needs to practice them first at home where she could make them almost from first a square shape where you don't bend at all And make sure that you can turn your horse left or right with no bend. So you have a left-right balance in your horse. And if that is happening well, then... um, then she can make it from a square, maybe to a six-sided figure, and then from a six-sided figure, maybe to a ten-sided figure. And just if she, if you start adding bending, just to make sure that her her turning doesn't her her capability of turning doesn't get less, um, it doesn't get harder or less correct that she turns really well as she starts to bend the horse. And, and if she doesn't do it that way, a lot of times people end up pulling too much on the inside rein. Um, or even taking the inside hand not just closing it for some of the horse to follow for some less flexion in the pole um, but they might also cross the inside hand over the withers because if they take the inside rein maybe the horse starts to fall in and then the many riders will take the inside hand sort of cross the withers to try to push the horse back out again and then you've sort of got a number of things happening and causing some ripples in the water that cause even more ripples in the water and she might end up Um, having to fix things that she's creating. Again, you know, I'm just sort of guessing a little bit at what might be the reason she's not bending well. Um, The other thing that I thought about when I read this was that, you know, perhaps she's thinking too much about bending. Um, On a 20-meter circle, the bend that's required for that arc and that that degree of of arc you know as you're going on 20 meters is barely perceptible so it might be better for her just to think about the balance and the quality and the connection um definitely the balance between back and front that the horse isn't going on the forehand the horse isn't throwing the shoulders out throw shoulders in but just steering balance and connection rhythm and just keeping it you know her circle from point to point i think it, um course depending on where you are in the ring just setting up your points that you should touch um the short side and the long sides knowing what your geometry or sorry geography is geometry (laughs) is for that um your 20 meter circles and and maybe focus a little less on the bending um you know when you get to 10 meter circles it might become a bit more important but um you know without knowing how it's going wrong or or exactly why it's going wrong um i could just sort of presume some things and hopefully one of those might kind of hit it for her and could, could help her out if she goes out and practices with some other things in mind
1: well that's very helpful Heather and I'm sure Sandra will appreciate that and maybe we'll hear back from her when she's um, put all those tips into practice
2: yeah I'd love to hear back from her and see if see if I hit the nail on the head <laughs> there we go there we go Well,
1: before we come to the end of our show, Heather, we want to mention all the other shows that we have on the Horse Radio Network, and we're building quite a family here. We've got the Eventing Radio Show, which is co-hosted by Glenn the Geek and myself. That can be found at eventingradio.com, and the Stable Scoop Show, which Glenn hosts with uh, Helena B., and they can be found at stablescoop.com. And then the third show is the 2010 radio show, which Glenn again co-hosts with Samantha Clark, and they can be found at 2010radioshow.com.
2: That sounds great, Chris. And then um, you all be sure to listen to the Dressage radio show presented by Equestrian Life next week as we speak with Gil Merrick, who is the Assistant, Director, uh, sorry, Assistant Executive Director of Dressage at the U.S. Equestrian Federation.
1: And you can follow us on our show notes at dressageradio.com. You can send us your feedback. Leave a voicemail at 270-803-0025, and that number again is on our website. Or you can email either Heather or myself at chris at com, or heather at horseradionetwork.com. And to have your say on the show in our, in our new It's Your Call segment, again, leave a voicemail. If there's any hot topics on your mind, uh, leave a message for us there, and we'll be sure to include you on our show. Any hot topics that you have on your mind concerning the world of dressage. And our community extends to Facebook, too. The Dressage Radio Show has a fan page on Facebook, and there's a link to that page, again, on our website. You can always also follow us on Twitter. And that uh, Twitter ID is Horse Radio. And Heather, you have a blog that you post on your website too uh, with information of your clinics. Are you keeping that up to date?
2: Oh, not as well as I should, but <laughs> maybe I'll try to do that this week. It's um, yeah, it's my website again, heatherblitz.info.
1: Terrific. Yeah, well, we, we encourage people to go there because you have lots of fun things on there, your... Photos, your diary of Aragon and training tips and your news of clinics. So visit Heather at heatherblitz.info. And we would like to thank our sponsors again, Equestrian Life. They can be found at equestrianlife.com and Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. So, Heather, that's it for this week, and until we meet again
2: next week. Good luck, everyone, and mind your riding.